I know that it's impossible to predict how these things are are going to go, but mm-hmm. if 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 the dollar is to be supplanted, do you think that it would be more of a gradual thing, or do you think that a a crisis or uh, could precipitate this and and be potentially more dramatic? I mean, some sort of financial crisis that people don't see coming that would would hasten a, a a global switch or uh, I mean because we hear every day that oh new countries are working to settle trade in their own currencies and the cumulative effect seems like it could be sort of serious but then there's always this concern of of a dramatic event and could the US dollar recover from another dramatic event like the 2008 subprime <laughs> crisis Well, the 2008 subprime crisis does not seem to have had much effect on the dollar's international position, uh, for better or for worse. Uh, um, uh, The question you're posing is a a very difficult one, and I don't don't have a clear-cut sense of how things might transpire. Uh, I find it hard to believe that there would be an orderly a transition to an alternative uh, reserve asset. I mean, I think the experience of major changes in world monetary regimes is that they occur uh, after really cataclysmic events like the Second World War, the bankrupting of the British Empire, the deliberate dismantling of the Sterling Zone. Uh, so the, these things, uh, you know, if they if they're going to happen in an institutionally constructed way, there there have to be particular circumstances uh, in which that that happens. Um, a great cataclysm can't can't be ruled out, but I certainly wouldn't welcome it. Uh, what are we talking about? Another world war? Um, a complete collapse of the of the global trading system? I think things are possible. Uh, but uh, again, uh, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Uh, the fact is, the system that presently exists uh, does function. Uh, it functions to the advantage of the United States, but it's not uh, something which uh, it would be costless uh, to uh, uh, for it to disintegrate. The most likely consequence would be a lot of instability and. And, and a breakdown of the existing uh, patterns of trade, which means a breakdown of a number of industries which are highly global, for example, semiconductors, which may well be uh, at risk in any event. Uh, so, again, uh, I'm sorry not, not, not to give you a definite answer on these matters, and if I had one, I would, I would be more forthcoming. These things are always difficult to uh, predict, uh, but it seems that U.S. planners are well aware that their policies have uh, pushed the world to at least start talking about and discussing and, uh, you know, the early stages of a new uh, currency reserve system. Uh, and so my question is, uh, why do you think that the U.S. is continuing continuing on their their policies of sort of alienating the rest of the world? I mean, I think it was Janet Yellen who pointed out that uh, you know, the U.S. sanctions are actually pushing the world away from the, the dollar. Uh, and yet uh, it seems that their solution is to continue to increase the amount of sanctions that they're putting on the rest of the world. So is there a, a Well, that's okay. That's, that that's, would- that's a somewhat, uh, and it's a good question, somewhat distinct uh, question from the one I've just been addressing. Um, 
the sanctions regimes uh, have been advanced with the idea uh, that they would inflict uh, unacceptable political and economic damage, uh, notably on the Russian Federation. Uh, and uh, I, I've written about this considerable length. Um, the fact is that they did uh, in, uh, cause what even the Russian Academy of Sciences said was a crisis situation uh, across many sectors of the Russian economy. Uh, but the reality is that the Russian economy proved far more adaptable over time, over a year or so, uh, than the authors of the sanctions policies imagined was possible. And that fact is now, you know, something which is now, uh, I think, beginning to dawn on the authors of the policy. Uh, unfortunately, from, from the standpoint of, the, of their own objectives, uh, their uh, strategy and response is to uh, you know, ask if we, if we got come up with some more sanctions that might work, or double down on this approach. Uh, I've called this uh, the gift of sanctions because it in fact presents uh, the Russians in particular with opportunities uh, to do things that they would never have done on their own, that they wouldn't have had the legal or the political basis or the social support uh, for doing. For example, replacing uh, foreign investment, foreign corporations, which had colonized much of Russia uh, with domestic entrepreneurs and domestic companies. Uh, for example, uh, moving away from imported imports and uh, imported components and, uh, and and investing more heavily in the, in the indigenous development of equivalent technologies. That's been going on since 2014 at least, uh, and it's highly accelerating as a result of the, of, of, of the events of the last year and a half. Uh, so we're now definitely seeing, uh, and, in, um, and also the, 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 the reorientation of Russian energy supplies to their own domestic market, uh, to, the, to the Asian markets eventually. All of this would not have happened without, without the sanctions, and the major victim is Europe. Uh, which is uh, faced with a very difficult situation, very high energy costs, uh, and uh, loss of, of of important markets. Uh, they uh, so that's 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 the sanctions policy. Uh, it does mean that they, you know, that that the also the the, the policy of of uh, freezing. Russian assets and the assets of private uh, Russian citizens, uh, so-called oligarchs, has uh, uh, brought capital back to Russia. Um, so all of that has been really something which, uh, as I say, has been an unexpected gift in many ways uh, to the Russian economy. And it creates a world, in, a part of the world, in which the dollar reserve asset is simply uh, not going to be a major factor anymore. Uh, now, how big is that in terms of the whole world? Uh, how big are the uh, trading imbalances between the trading blocks that are engaged with Russia um, or with China too, for that matter, uh, that uh, are out that want to ex exit from being under the potential danger from a U.S. sanctions policy? Well, it's not. It's not insignificant. It's quite significant. But it's not the dominant part of the world economy as it's presently constructed, uh, and. Trading balances, of course, are, are you know, they're offset. Uh, your exports, my imports, my exports, your imports, uh, and so they don't. They're not. They're not the crucial thing in terms of the use of an asset uh, for reserves. Um, and that there, there is where uh, it's a little harder to um, 
Uh, it's one thing to settle your trade in local currencies, uh, you accumulate rupees, and then you pay them off with uh, with RMB. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, that comes and goes. But accumulating an asset means someone has to issue a bond that you know, uh, someone else has to be willing to hold and to take the exchange rate risk and other risks that are associated with that. That's a somewhat more complicated, more difficult proposition. That was just an excerpt from the American Exception podcast. To hear the whole episode, as well as archived and new episodes, please subscribe to the American Exception podcast at Patreon. There's a link in the show notes, or you can just go to patreon.com slash American Exception. Subscribe and you can join us as we illuminate the dark side of the U.S. empire.